Hello, dear listeners, and welcome to At Odds with the Gods podcast. I'm Joey. I'm Jordan. Time for that title music. So no intro today, huh? No. I know I don't. I don't have any. I don't have any funny relative comments. Yeah, it's just it's weird to be doing a normal episode again because it's been over a month and a half. Yeah, you're right. At this point. I, yeah, that's right. That checks out. You had your little short fifteen minute one. I had our long hour and a half <laughs> one about a god that is made up in a video game. <laughs> and now we're back. Yeah. This well. That's a little bit of a segue. This, uh, the deity we're talking about today is also featured in quite a few video games. So stick around at the end for that. Um, but we don't have any housekeeping, so I guess we can just jump right into it. Jump into it. Today we will be talking about the Morrigan, a deity from Celtic mythology. Right. I feel like I've heard of the Morrigan. Can't tell you I have any clue who the Morrigan is. This is, this is one that I've found interesting because I've always been pulled in by the idea of her, but never really knew a lot mm-hmm. about her, like, detail-wise. So it was fun to look at this one. But uh, like I said, she is from Celtic mythology. We'll just do a brief overview of that. Well, she's from Irish mythology, which is a subset of Celtic. So the Celts were an ancient group of people they left no written record of themselves what we do know about them is either what other cultures have written about them or what archaeological finds have been able to tell us and even then what we do have isn't a lot because thanks to the roman conquests there's not a lot of uh, written or archaeological record that survived that's wild that it's a culture that we don't know a whole lot about because they didn't write about themselves but i guess that would make sense they just weren't writing stuff down. They were telling everything. I mean, I guess, like, okay, like, what was it, Socrates, who was like, books are going to be the end of the... Yeah. If <laughs> <laughs> you read, that means you're dumb. No, it was, um, I'm not sure if it was Socrates or one of his... It was one of those Other contemporaries, guys. but yeah, they were concerned that humans were going to get stupid because we were writing things down instead of just committing everything to memory. So maybe the Celts were like that. No. You know, you don't think they were like the Greeks. <laughs> I, I was saying that as a joke. They're definitely not like the Greeks. <laughs> uh, the historians Herodotus and Hecateus of Miletus, they referred to these peoples as Keltoi. And among classical civilizations, the Celts were considered a great, quote, barbarian race. But again, barbarian just means that maybe they ran their society differently than the Greeks would have wanted them to, or Romans. Right, they were, it's it's very much like the aliens built the pyramids, like, putting that word on them, like, just because it's not how you would run your society, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. Barbarians got, barbarian is just a tough word to put on anything. Mm-hmm. It's in D&D, and it's still kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of the written Celtic tales that we do have, Christian monks actually contributed to recording those. Uh, but it's also important to keep in mind that these monks would have had their own biases and their own agenda right? when transcribing all this. And it's not like, I mean, depending on what language they're writing in, it's not like the Celts were, like, checking their work. Yeah. 
Some Celtic legends fit into one of three categories. Uh, the first one is either called the Mythological Cycle or the Book of Invasions, which recounts a mythical history of Ireland. The second one is the Ulster Cycle, which are stories of Cú Cullen, a hero with magical powers and strength. And the third is the Fenian Cycle, which is stories of Finn McCool, his son Ossian, and their group of warriors. There are still myths that exist, exist outside of these three categories, but those are the main sort of... Well, cycles, I guess. <laughs> well, that's why they called them cycles. And sometimes the Celts are thought of as an ethnic group, but that actually isn't the case. What made them Celtic was their shared culture. So the Celts were found all across non-Mediterranean Europe, not just in what is now Ireland and Wales. Like, Oh, that's cool. Yeah, like typically I know before I looked into this, when I heard Celtic, I thought like Scotland, Ireland, Wales. Right. But they were actually all over. Neat. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, their religion was a polytheistic one. The names of over 200 gods have been recorded. (laughs) But it's thought that some gods went by multiple names. So maybe not 200 might have been less than that. But we also, again, don't know. Because there's not a lot of... Yeah, there's not a lot. Oh, man. It's not as intense as it sounds. Only some gods were worshipped universally. Gods were mostly worshipped at either the local, tribal, or familial levels, and if you wanted to gain the favor of a certain god, you would sacrifice to them. Yeah. I have trouble, like, memorizing the names that are in the Bible, let alone 200 (laughs) gods. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, I think most of them were kind of worshipped on, like, a case-by-case basis. Right. Um... Could you imagine, yeah. like, being, like, back in the day and, like, there's the there's the god of insert minor inconvenience, <laughs> but it never happens. And so minor inconvenience comes up and you're like, oh, I need to sacrifice to, uh, what was, <laughs> what's his name? <laughs> I think it's the Hindu pantheon has thousands, like, literally thousands. No way. I well, didn't know that. they're also at the family level. Right. As well. But, Ooh. yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, you know, kudos to people who know the names of other... <laughs> we just call our God. We just call our God God. It's just God. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, all that being said, um, that was all Celtic mythology, all that background I just gave. Irish mythology isn't the same as Celtic, but it's considered a branch of Celtic. Sure. Sort of like how there's different denominations of Christianity. Okay. So, like... Presbyterian to Christianity is like Irish to Celtic. Right. Mythology. Like it's all, it's, it's a, a lot a of subset. the same substance. Yes. It's specific, like just to Ireland. Okay. Many sources on Irish mythology also come from medieval Christian monks. Irish deities are humanoid and typically they turn into animals. Like shape shifting into animals is common or pretty common. Goddesses in Irish mythology don't have just one thing. They have kind of areas of specialty. Like, it's not with the Greek deities where they have the, like, God one of thing. war, yeah. god of the sun, god of the hunt. Yeah. A note on pronunciation. I will be sticking to the Irish pronunciation as best I can. She's so. watching a lot of YouTube videos <laughs> today trying to get the pronunciations right. Um, what's wild to me is that the V sound. Mm-hmm. What was it? D B. D B makes a V. The B sound. That's yeah. Ooh. Luckily, uh, Morgan is said the way it's spelled. 
Which is great. Great for us. That's the one we're talking about. She's front and center. She is specifically a war and battle goddess. She's also associated with predicting fate, uh, specifically fate as it relates to doom and warfare and bad things. She's also associated with the banshee that comes in later folklore. If you were a soldier riding into battle and saw her washing your bloody armor, it was understood that you wouldn't come back. Oh. Um, it was an, considered an omen of death. So this kind of hints that she ultimately decided who would live and die in battle. That's wild. Could you imagine? Man, I wouldn't even like want to go into battle at that point. <laughs> I know. I just turn around. <laughs> you come back and there's there's this lady washing your bloody air armor and you're like, oh, that's the Morrigan. Oh, oh. <laughs> that's the Morrigan. <laughs> it gets a little worse um, because not only would she indicate that you would die in battle, but when you did die in battle, the custom was for dead bodies to be left on the battlefield for a day or two to let Morrigan's crows claim the bodies. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, at that point, I'm definitely not going to war. <laughs> <laughs> just leave just leave <laughs> captain's like what where are you going uh sorry morgan's cleaning my armor i'm not doing this yeah. <laughs> she's described as an intimidatingly beautiful woman with long dark hair who is pretty much always dressed in black there's some debate over what exactly her name means and it really comes down to how you spell it so if you put the accent over the i in her name it would translate to Nightmare Queen or Phantom Queen. That's lit. Yeah. With the first syllable being more, which can be traced to the Old English Mare. Mare. M-A-E-R-E. And the Slavic Mara. M-A-R-A. Which both mean nightmare. And the last syllable being Regan, which means queen. But if you put the accent over the O in her name, it would translate to Great Queen. Okay. So either way, Queen. I like Nightmare Queen better. Yeah. That sounds lit. I think lit. Phantom Queen's pretty, uh-huh. pretty neat. That's, that's lit. Mm-hmm. Take that, Latin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she's part of the Tua de Danan, a tribe of gods that descended from the goddess Danu and were thought to have been the main deities of pre-Christianity Ireland. There's a lot of gods. The, uh, this group is also just called the Tua Day, which is what I'll be saying because it's shorter okay. and easier. The Christian monks who recorded what we now have of Irish mythology described the two-a-day either as kings, queens, or heroes with supernatural powers. Sometimes they described them as fallen angels who kind of just had a like neutral stance, morality on things. And sometimes they would actually describe the two-a-day as gods. I'm just, I'm pretty sure two-a-day is a, it's a women's vitamin. No, that's one a day. One a day, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> they make them for men, too. I'm oh, they sure. do, don't they? Well, I think they were originally for women, and I remember seeing commercials like that. <laughs> one, that's a one a day women's work. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the Morgan's place among the two a day. Oh, I can't say it now. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> The Morrigan's place among the two-a-day Donan is as one of the daughters of Ernmus, who is a, just a mother goddess. Okay. The Morrigan is the wife of the Dagda, one of the kings of the two-a-day Donan, and she is specifically called a, quote, envious wife, because he also had a lover. Oh, that's dumb. Yeah. The Dagda was associated with fertility, and he and the Morrigan would meet once a year to create new life. Do you think she called up on the Bavan she one day to, like, kill her husband? No. Dang. <laughs> is that, wait, is that even in the same area? Was Bavanshi Scottish or Irish? Scottish. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. 
sisters from another mystery. It's they can be connected because if the Morgan's connected to the Banshee, Ban- Banshee and the Banshee, Bob and she is. She was referring to the malignant, like, fairy race. Right. If I looked, I'm pretty sure I could find a connection, like, Between canonically. Right. But yes, she wouldn't have sent them after the Dagda. 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 All I'm saying is we need men to stop cheating. And the mythologies, it's got it everywhere. But the those of us who remain faithful, we need a good name. I mean, him having a lover isn't like a huge point of contention. It's a huge point of contention for me. <laughs> <laughs> this is the hill I'm choosing to die on. Okay, great. <laughs> so... It is kind of unclear how the Morrigan can appear, sometimes specifically in how many number. Sometimes she's just the Morrigan as a singular goddess, and sometimes she appears as a trio called the Three Morigna. The number of three is very significant in Celtic mythology. There's a lot of triplicate aspects yeah, of things. Yeah, there's like that one Celtic knot that's like the yeah the pyramid almost. It's a triangle, like a triangle or whatever. Yeah, yeah. triangle. If you have four of them and put them together, it'll be <laughs> The three goddesses that make up the three Morigna can vary. It's almost always Bave and Maka. Bave was a war goddess who would take the form of a crow and fly over battlefields as an omen of conflict or fighting. She'd take a human form to join battle and then confuse the soldiers. Um, Bave would also accompany the souls of any dead soldiers to the underworld. Well, that's nice. She'd get him killed and then be like, I'll hold your hand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go together. So, and then there was Maka. She was a sovereignty goddess of Ireland. Her priorities were protecting the nation of Ireland, but also, like, the land and the earth itself. And just a quick note about a sovereignty goddess. This term is mostly used in Celtic mythology. I haven't come across it, really, anywhere else. It's a goddess who is the personification of a territory, and by marrying and then consummating that marriage with a king, she would make him the ruler of that territory. Oh, okay. So you'd have... Bave and Maka. The third goddess can either be Naaman, a goddess who specifically represents the chaos or frenzy of war, or Anu, who is another mother goddess. But it even gets more confusing because the Morrigan is also sometimes referred to as Anu or Anand. Okay, so there's Morrigan is associated with three other goddesses. Is that she? Is all three? Is all three. Oh, okay. Sometimes she is all three. Sometimes she is just the Morrigan. I I misunderstood when you first started going into the other goddesses. But that, okay, that makes sense. I mean, kind of. (laughs) All I'm saying is when you first started talking about the two goddesses, I was under the impression that it was like the Morrigan is like always has these two with them. No. I wasn't expecting a third. And so that's what threw me off my, my thinking. Because I was thinking it was like Morgan and her two sisters of whatever. But if it's Morgan is often seen as these three things, then that makes more sense. The Morgan can either appear as the Morig- Morrigan, she, her, or the three Marigna, who would be Bave, Maka, and no, the other one. They, them. Right, makes sense. So. Okay. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, all yeah. right. Okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> Oof, gotta wipe the sweat off my head for that one. Yeah, that was a, <laughs> that was a bit of a thinker. I can imagine, like, an old crone telling a 
like a young adventurer or time traveler or something about the goddess and like trying to explain it to this guy he just is asking all the like <laughs> exposition questions like what do you mean she's three in one but also only one yeah and the old crone's like well you she and the whole you know I can I can see that. That's a That's not the point. <laughs> right. <laughs> he like obviously doesn't get it and he hits her over the, hits him over with a Aww. stick. Oh. It's funny you mentioned You're not listening. <laughs> it's funny you mentioned old crone though. Oh, is uh old crone about to show up? Yeah, in a little bit. Heck yeah. Uh so Ooh, just... are we getting into story time? Yes. 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 That's the best part. Uh so stories of the Morrigan first appear in the Ulster cycle. And I have two little stories from that in a story called the cattle raid of regamain and i hope that's how you say that i could not find a pronunciation for that so i'm just saying it how it's written i'm sorry if it's wrong the hero kukulin encounters the morrigan as she is driving a cow out of his territory and he doesn't recognize her and seeing her driving this cow out as a challenge to him he insults her and threatens to attack her i know i know the image is of her like chasing a cow out of the territory. She's not riding the cow. <laughs> That's what I'm imagining. <laughs> it's like a motorcycle. It's got a little cab on the side. Yeah. It's a sidecar. Um, but yeah, he insults her, threatens to attack her. She turns to a crow and flies to the nearest branch before he can actually reach her. And the Morrigan is associated with crows. Like, she would often turn in two. Oh, okay. A crow, some say a raven. Like with Athena and... Owls. Owls. Well, Athena didn't turn into owls. Well, she's associated with Associ- owls. Yeah. The Morgan would actually shapeshift into. Right, because that's what Celtic deities do. Yes. So, Kukulin, upon seeing her turn into a crow, immediately knows that this is the Morgan, And he recants his offer to fight and insists he didn't know who she was when he made that threat. <laughs> <laughs> and she said, it's a good thing he realized, because if he'd raised a hand to her, he would have had a string of very unfortunate luck. So this this dude just had someone equivalent to, like, Beyonce's recognition. Like, everyone knows who Beyonce is. Yeah. And <laughs> you just see sure. Beyonce driving a cow out of your... And you're like, hey, you're... You're you're stupid, and um, then Beyonce's like, "Hey, I'm Beyonce," and he's like, "Oh, you're Beyonce. <laughs> I won't I take it I, back. I, I'll take it right." Like... <laughs> the Morgan then tells him that a battle is coming in which he'll die, and she says, "It is at the guarding of thy death that I am, and I shall be." Oh, that is a baller right? line. Such a cool line. That is it's a so cool. baller line. So that's the end of that story. That's an Instagram post. <laughs> That'd be a really cringy Instagram post. <laughs> I know. That's a 2008 Facebook post. With no, 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 no. That's a... Um, MySpace. That's a MySpace. And, like, you just came back from buying all your school supplies at Hot Topic kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. You're entering the eighth grade and you're like, no one's going to mess with me this year. You're, the song that's on your MySpace is... Welcome to the Black Parade. Or or, <laughs> or just, like, like bring me the horizon. Or, like... <laughs> Wake me up! <laughs> oh, man. And another story from the Ulster Cycle, this one's called The Cattle Raid of Cooley. A Queen Maeve of Connacht launches an invasion into Ulster to steal the brown bull of Cooley, who was known to be an extremely fertile bull. Okay, so we have two cattle raid stories. There's a lot of cattle raid stories There's a lot in of Irish ca- mythology. <laughs> a lot of cattle raid stories. Um, but this time we have a cattle who is like 
um, important. He's good. Yes. The other one was just like some. Yeah, that was just a random cow. This cow. cow is. He can make a lot of baby cows. This cow if is. You know what I mean. Yes. Yes. I understand. Uh huh. Uh-huh. It would have been very advantageous to have this bull on your farm. Like. I understand. Yeah. Yes, I understand. So, um, the Morrigan catches wind of this scheme and she appears to the bull as a crow again and warns him to flee. So. He That's does. a fun cartoon. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cullen shows up to fight against the forces from Connacht, uh, Queen Maeve's forces, and the Morrigan appears to him, this time as a young woman, and she offers him not only her assistance in the fight, but her love as well. Oh. She's kind of putting the moves on him. But he rejects her. How do you... Uh, <laughs> how do you... Uh. So... First off, I understand if, like, you maybe have standards for women or whatever, but, like, if you know this is the Morrigan... I don't know if he knew it was the Morgan. Oh, time. okay. How do you not know who Beyonce is? <laughs> she does not take this rejection well. She starts acting pretty petty and begins sabotaging his fights in this battle. So she first appears as an eel and trips him. <laughs> so I guess they were fighting in a river. Then she appears as a wolf who causes cattle to stampede through the middle of a battle. And finally, she appears as a white cow who was leading this stampede. But Kukulin is such a good fighter that he is able to basically ignore her each time. He wounds her and makes a girl away and then wins the battles that she tried to sabotage. Oh, I guess good for him. I guess. And once the fighting is over, the Morrigan appears to him as an old woman She's wounded in the same places where Kukulin wounded her in her animal forms. Ah, old crone. That's what you're talking about. Old crone. And he does not realize it's her. She appears as this this old woman who's milking a cow, and she offers him three drinks of milk. Because I guess he's thirsty. Uh Uh-huh. And with each drink of milk, he blesses and heals her wounds. Wait, okay. So she milks the cow. Yes. Gives the milk to... Kukulin. And then Kukulin drinks it mm-hmm. and is like, I'm going to heal you. Yes. Like, as a thank you for the milk. Oh. So Kukulin has powers. Okay. I thought he was just, like, some dude. I mean, he is, like, a dude, but he's a very powerful dude. Oh. Oh, he's he's he's, he's one of those two-day, two-a-day people? No. Okay. Never mind. <laughs> he just takes one a day. He's one of those two-day people. <laughs> he's just a, a one-a-day guy. <laughs> But one more than everybody else. He 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 takes his Flintstone gummies one day at a time, just like the rest of us. <laughs> so he heals her. She reveals that it's her. Because, again, he didn't know it was. And they have the following exchange. The Morrigan says, you told me once that you would never heal me. And Kukulin says, had I known it was you, I never would have. Damn. And if that is not the most, like, enemies to lovers trope exchange I've ever heard. That's very, like, like rom-com esque yeah enemies to lovers 150k slow burn (laughs) (laughs) they don't actually just to clarify they don't actually like get together that's just me saying that that's our fanfic and enjoying that little exchange um in one version of the tale of kukulin's death as he is riding into the battle that results in his death he sees the morrigan in the form of an old hag washing his bloody armor in a river so as we said before that means he's gonna kick it he's gonna die and when he does die in this battle he takes his own entrails and binds himself to a menhir stone or just an upright stone okay but he had this reputation 
of being extremely ferocious in battle and difficult to kill. So even with his like literal guts hanging out, nobody actually believed he was dead. They kept expecting him to come back to life and finish fighting. <laughs> but okay, but why did he tie himself with his entrails to a stone? He Just... wanted to die standing up. Ah, yeah. okay, okay. It's a pride thing. But what convinced everyone that he was actually dead was a black crow came and perched on his shoulder. So that was the Morrigan claiming him. Okay, right. Okay, you did say that about the the crows claiming and stuff, but, like, did none of them, like, want to even try to, like, poke him with a stick? I don't know. (laughs) If it were me, I would have just gotten, like, a big stick and be like, ooh, you, you good? They were probably afraid that he would somehow fight back. Okay. Well, I guess if he is a one-a-day guy, he has the power to heal. He has the power to kill. Kill and heal don't rhyme, but, no. you know. <laughs> so that was the Ulster cycle. A couple of the stories from there. The Morgan also shows up in the mythological cycle. And a bit of text from the Kathmai to read. This is one of the saga texts that makes up the mythological cycle. I believe there's two of them. Right. But this tells us that the Dagda and the Morrigan met up on Samhain to discuss um, a battle that the Tua de Don were about to partake in. They were about to fight against the Fomorians, who were their rivals. Just another group of supernatural beings. That's fun. Uh, do you know about the Fomorians, like, more? Do you have anything more about them? I didn't look too deeply into them, because I've kind of just... For this episode, I kind of just mentioned them just this once. Okay. Um, but why? What do you know? Fun fact. So, uh, Fomorians are in Dungeons and Dragons lore. Oh my god, of course. <laughs> um, and it's cool. It's cool. So, like, there's there's a couple different like creationism stories in Dungeons and Dragons or whatever. Um, and giants usually have some kind of play in it. And I, from what I understand, giants kind of have been around in a lot of different, I mean, they're like equivalent to maybe the Titans, you know? Mm-hmm. So like they're kind of around in a lot of mythological storytelling. Um, so the Fomorians are, were a race of people who lived in the realm of high magic and fairies and everything can kill you. It's like, uh, it's like extra magical Australia. Mm-hmm. But it, instead of a desert, it's a jungle. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, actually, I guess it's just like the Amazon rainforest. Everything can kill you in the Amazon rainforest, huh? Probably. So anyway, so they lived in this like magical realm, and them and the elves like were like did magic and stuff. But the Fomorians started to want to use magic more and more and more and become more powerful and make themselves you make themselves look beautiful, and then. They, like, had a fall, basically, mm-hmm. and became these ugly creatures with, like, dark, evil hearts that would just, like, were on set on killing the elves because they became jealous that the elves didn't have that falling. Okay. And it's neat because, like, that's literally, the, they're literally called Fomorians. Yeah. I just looked it up, and in Irish mythology, the Fomorians are often portrayed as hostile beings that either come from under the sea or under the earth and later later on they do get depicted as giants that's right fomorians do like live like after their fall magically they went underground yeah i'm just looking at the wikipedia article and it says that they have been likened to the titans in greco-roman mythology and also the jotnar of norse mythology so the frost giants neat it's wild that giants show up so much so much yeah and like there's no geological record that 
giants would have ever existed. So it's. You mean archaeological? Archaeological, yeah. Yeah. But like it's 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 not funny. It's really interesting that the idea of like mythological history involving giants in some way came up in so many different cultures. Yeah, it makes me think of how like a great flood story right. appears in so many world mythologies. Like there's and so a lot of historians like basically accept that there was a massive flood, flood at, at some, some point. point. Yeah. So were there giants at some were point? There like... freaking... <laughs> were they all were, were they just the dinosaurs? <laughs> <laughs> And people didn't want to believe they were giant lizards. They were like, nah, they were giant people. <laughs> In the Garden of Eden, we were actually just super tall. <laughs> <laughs> we sh- we, we, uh, after the fall of Adam, we fell in height. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> so the Dagda and the Morgan meet up to discuss battle plans. They have sex, as they do. Oh, naturally. You know? yeah. um, some people interpret this as the Dagda trading sex for the Morgan's favor in battle but um because her favor would have led to victory some people argue against the dagda's motives for sex because the morrigan helped the two a day many times before yeah without expecting anything in return um i feel like it's kind of just a way to vilify the morrigan saying that she would only oh give sex like to have something back yeah well, it, it sounds like it's like the Morgan going like, I'm not going to give you this favor unless you have sex with me. Right. Like, that's kind of like. Yeah. Which is not great. <laughs> it's not great, but it's a little better than the patriarchal men saying, I'm not going to give you anything unless I have sex with you. It's a little better. Well, it's also just men taking a woman who has sex and making it like a, a, an exchange. An exchange. Yeah. yeah. Because. Yeah, like I said, she helped the two a day many times before. Yeah. Without having to have someone do something else for her. Um She was like, This is just an added bonus. I want to do this because I am my own woman. Yeah. And a god. So <laughs> do it or I'll kill you. I'll wash your I'll wash your bloody armor. <laughs> like she chanted over the god Lu, who is one of the most powerful two a day warriors. And she did this to help him be victorious in battle against the Fomorians. And some accounts will say that she did this before she even met up with the Dacta that oh, night. okay. So. Yeah. Yeah, just some different interpretations. I like the interpretation where it's just two adults consenting to, <laughs> <laughs> consenting to sex. Because that's healthy. Some people, some people will say that the Morrigan is like a sexual goddess, but I think that is really just because she's associated with like you know bad stuff. So why not also associate her with sex? But another thing I read said that if anyone, the Dagda would probably be considered more of a sexual deity because one of his areas was fertility. So mythologically speaking, that is all I had. She shows up in pop culture a lot. Like, a lot. Like, a lot? Like, there was an entire Wikipedia article just based on Irish deities in pop culture. <laughs> or Irish mythology in pop culture. And her section was, like, two page scrolls long. Sick. So, I'm just going to give some highlights of that real quick. So, um, there's a children's novel by Pat O'Shea called The Hounds of the Morrigan, in which she is the antagonist. Right. Um, 
In the Dragon Age video game series, I think in the first game there is a female mage named Morrigan. Oh, I only ever played one of the Dragon Age games. Very fun. Very, very, very cool. Mm-hmm. Very RPG. You can have sex with everybody. Oh. Doesn't matter what gender. It's very, very, very forward. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> in the A Song of Ice and Fire series by George R. R. Martin, one of the houses of the Stormlands is House Morrigan, spelled with an E instead of an A, House Morrigan of Crow's Nest, and their sigil is a crow. Right. So that's um, very not uh, subtle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you didn't know, Game of Thrones, the TV show, is the adaptation of the book series A Song of Ice and Fire. In the video game Vampire, the Morrigan is the main antagonist. I actually have beef with this one. <laughs> so in a few episodes, I, a few episodes in the past, I've said, oh, I've only played two video games my whole life. This Vampire is one of them. One of the two. And like, I loved it. I thought it was really fun. Um, you played but, as a vampire who was like also a doctor. Yeah. There's some really cool lo- looks at morality and doing what's necessary for you to survive when that goes against everything you do ordinarily there's the whole like there's a better way i can say that there's a whole thing with like when you're when you're a doctor you make a you make an oath that you'll never kill someone yeah and then when you're a vampire you have to kill so you can survive survive because sustenance no longer matters yeah (laughs) it's only blood yeah, it's, it was a really fun game, but the whole thing about the Morrigan being the, quote, main antagonist, she only shows up at the very end for, like, the last boss fight. That's it. And you find out that she's the antagonist right as you go into this boss fight. So they talk about it for, like, two seconds. They only use the name Morrigan one time, once or twice, I think, because the whole other, throughout the thing, they're calling her the Red Queen. Right. Which isn't even one of the translations of Morrigan. And in this game, she, as the Red Queen, is a vampiric deity who lives in the underground of London. They really, I don't know, it could have been, the ending of this game was just very rushed, in my opinion, and they, I think they just kind of like shoehorned her in there to add some mythological legitimacy to it. Even though you spend 40 hours not knowing that she's even... <laughs> yes, it literally would make no difference if she was not in this game. Right. She's still excited for the second game. Yeah. <laughs> Vampire 2. Vampire 2 is coming out soon. So, I, uh, yeah, should be, should be pretty fun. There is also a character named Morgan in the Court of Thorns. There is also a character named Morgan in the Court of Thorns and Roses series by Sarah J. Moss. Um, Morgan herself shows up in the second book, which I've only read half of. But the similarity to the actual deity is really just in name only because the Morrigan in Akatar is blonde and likes to wear red, not black. Right. So in the young adult novel Beyond a Dark and Shore by Jessica Leake, the main character is the Morrigan's daughter. Oh, that's fun. Which I think is interesting um, because there's no really mythological stories about the Morrigan or the Dagda having a child together. It's a fun, like, what if kind of yeah. question. Yeah. Um, it's a fun, like, hole to fill. You know, like, what if someone killed the god of war and took his place? <laughs> <laughs> Songs about the Morrigan have been written and or recorded by the composer Fergus Johnston, Glenn Danzig, who is the founder of the bands Misfits, Samhain, and Danzig, 
also recorded by the metal band Primordial, the folk band Omnia, the folk rock band Emerald Rose, and the death metal band Children of Bottom. B-O-D-M, not like bottom. B-O-D-O-M. Primordial is a in Finland. dope band name. Yeah, it's really cool. And the Morrigan is a playable character in the video game Smite, oh, which I, I've that. mentioned in just another episode. I talked about this, and I think the Sekhmet one. This, that sounds right. We'll probably talk about plenty of gods that are in Smite. The whole thing is that it's gods fighting each yeah, other. Yeah, <laughs> I know. But the Morrigan was the first Celtic deity to be made playable in sure. this game. Okay. And finally, the legendary Pokemon Eveltal is partially based off of the Morrigan. That's cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, I looked. I had to look it up, just what it looked like, and it's a big, like black bird. Yeah, like red and black. I think bird. it looks pretty, pretty cool. It's dope. Yeah. And it looks like a Y. It looks like it has like little hands on its wings. Mm-hmm. It's cute. Well, not cute. It's it's supposed to be scary, but I like birds. So. It's uh, it's cool. It can be cool. If it was tiny, it'd be cute. Be cute little wee. Little <laughs> be a little baby. A baby. <laughs> Before I get into my sources, would you like to recap? Yes. Or here we go. For us? Highlight. Um. So, let's start with uh me thinking about them in the first place. All right, our um our recap slash highlights slash uh we we need to give this section we need to give this section an actual name we like do. like Joey's musings. <laughs> we'll we'll workshop, we'll workshop it. it. Um, it'll buff out. So number one is one hundred percent. If I see the Morrigan washing my bloody armor, I am turning around and walking away from battle. <laughs> you can write coward on my tombstone, but I would have died 40 years after. <laughs> number number two is uh, it is kind of insane. I'm, I'm really I'm really interested in all the stories about Cattle Raid. Yeah. <laughs> 100% would watch an animated series based off of all the Cattle Raid stories. I'm just thinking about her talking as a crow, talking to the bull, saying, "Hey, you're gonna get, you're gonna get yeeted. Get out of here." <laughs> I feel like you're gonna get yoinked. You're gonna be <laughs> yes. You're gonna get yoinked. <laughs> and um, number three, uh, be careful of who you in, who you insult because you may be insulting Beyonce. Okay. <laughs> and. Uh, that's just Joey's joustings. No. (laughs) (laughs) That one doesn't work? I don't think jousting means what you think it means. It means what I think it means, but I was trying to make it alliteration. Okay. And there's not a whole lot of good J's. J's are hard for alliterations. That's, that's, that's all, folks. (laughs) (laughs) So, my sources this week included the book Celtic Myths, which is edited by Jake Jackson, the book Warriors, Witches, Women by Kate Hodges, and then two videos on YouTube. The first one is Irish Celtic Gods and Goddesses, a Pronunciation Guide by Laura O'Brien, and the video The Morrigan, the Shapeshifting Goddess of War and Death by the channel Mythology and Fiction Explained, and as always, Wikipedia. Because where would we be without that? Sad. We'd be sad. Yeah. I I gave my... don't Make sure you donate to Wikipedia oh, if you I don't. use them. I do. <laughs> I, I ignore the thing every time. Yeah, and so does so does ninety six percent of all people who use Wikipedia. That's the percentage they they I use. Know. I do I donate. I give my five dollars every year. Look, <laughs> they're nonprofit. 
They have plenty of people going in there and editing sources. It may not be scholarly or whatever, but a lot of the time it's right. And I use Wikipedia for a lot, so I, you know, this is my this is my hashtag not sponsored uh, shout out for it. make sure you, make sure you <laughs> give some money to Wikipedia. Don't be like me. They need it. <laughs> you gonna call us out? Oh shoot! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was consumed by guilt at my own. Um, what is it they called? Scrooge? Huh? My own miserly guilt. Oh, right. That's what it was. But if you enjoyed this episode, or if you've been binge listening and have been enjoying all the episodes so far, or at least most of them, I hope you would enjoy at least most of them. If you enjoy six out of 11, (laughs) that's still the majority. (laughs) (laughs) If you enjoy at least 50%, please consider giving us a four or five star review on your podcast platform if it allows you to do so. You can find us on social media at Instagram and TikTok at AOWTG podcast. You can also email us at AOWTG podcast at gmail.com. And remember, if you don't have a mythology friend, you probably are the mythology friend. We're going to go pick it for people to go uh, give money to Wikipedia. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Yeah, that was just a random cow. This cow. cow is... He can make a lot of baby cows. This cow if is... If you know what I mean. Yes. Yes. I understand. Uh-huh. uh-huh. I don't know if I have a human equivalent of that idea. You probably shouldn't. Mick Jagger. Oh. <laughs> or, wait, who was Nick Cannon? Nick Cannon. <laughs> For those of you who don't know... Nick Cannon's Nick therapist Cannon's... told him, hey, maybe you should stop having kids. He no, had four kids in a year. To... He told them to just stop having sex because of how many kids he was having. <laughs> All right, so the, uh, the cattle raid of Nick Cannon. Oh, Jesus Christ. You hate having me on this podcast, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> I hate that I'm thinking about Nick Cannon now.